Hello and welcome back to just another football podcast. Back again. I'm joined tonight by Ali and Fergal. Ali's back after his absence last week. How have yep. you been, mate? Uh, I've been good. I've been good. I had a, a very eventful weekend. Um, so I started working for Philadelphia Union, who like the, the MLS team in, in Philly. They actually don't play in Philadelphia. They play down south in a city called Chester. Um, so it's a bit of a drive. But the more interesting thing, I think, was that the temperature was on the field. The commentator said at the start that it was 12 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Like, take that as you will. 32 degrees Fahrenheit is seals is zero Celsius. Pretty, pretty cold. Pretty cold. And these were the conditions we were kind of um, working the game on. Um, yeah. I was so, kind of... so were you at the ground then? I was at the ground. I was, uh, I was like during the game. Before the game started, we were preparing for the game, and we had to get covers off the ground in the middle of a snowstorm. There was a snowstorm earlier in the day. It was a nighttime kickoff. And just in the middle of a snowstorm, in 10-degree Fahrenheit weather, and we're just trying to get tarp off the ground, it was just a nightmare. But I, I, um, I happened to see a clip from one of the games. I don't know if it was the particular game you're talking about where mm. there was just snow all over the pitch. Um, and one of the forwards had a shot. The keeper saved it, and he sort of fell to the ground. And oh he yeah, doing a snow <laughs> angel in the ground. Yeah, yeah. that was um, that was I think in Colorado. Um, yeah, that was an absolute farce. But uh, thankfully, <laughs> ours, our Philadelphia Union against San Jose Earthquakes uh, was was the game I worked in. Thankfully, it wasn't that. Like the snow had stopped, I think, two hours before kickoff, so it was pretty clear. We managed to shovel snow Cold. off the ground. Um, and then, yeah, I enjoyed a I enjoyed a dodgy view of the game. Um, mm-hmm. I was like in a press box, but half of the pitch is like blocked by a pole. <laughs> so I had like half of the field view, and I had to track like substitutions and yell and and cards and uh, goals and who assisted them. So that was my my job really is to track these things. Yeah, and it's just like I had to watch the entire game from and uh from a tv rather than yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than well, i mean at least you had that luxury i remember uh, i think it was i think it was at upton park and it would have been about mm. 10 years ago i remember i went to a game there in, in in the away end there was a very awkwardly positioned pillar which basically meant that you couldn't see what was going on in the center of the pitch up the other end uh at all <laughs> which probably goes some way to explaining why they've uh <laughs> since moved grounds because yeah that that uh that certainly doesn't fly. Uh, Fergie, you've been a bit blocked out of the conversation, mate. Can you match Ali's uh, weekend for entertainment there? No, I was sadly working. I probably could have matched it for entertainment as I was offered tickets to the Irish League Cup final, which is actually ah. the Northern Irish League Cup final. Ah. Um, but I was I was working and couldn't go and it ended up being 4-3. It was a, a, an extra time. It was oh. a, it was a Desmond in normal time. I think it was oh. a ninetieth minute, minute equaliser. Um, I don't don't really support either team. It was Cliftonville, uh, Coleraine. But um, uh, yeah, I it, it could have been a lot. It could have been a great weekend. We may end up going to, it, but yeah, hmm. couldn't go to that one unfortunately. But, quite well. Should have told Ireland. your should have told your managers. There's a there's a there's a important business to attend this weekend. And uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, it sounds like you missed out nearly a double Desmond. So moving on, got a full recap of the weekend's action coming up for you guys. Uh, we'll start with probably the biggest talking point uh, in the Premier League at the moment, which is Everton and their continued troubles. Uh, another loss for them at the weekend. And it's something like nine points in the last, I think, 26 games. I mean, it's just absolutely abysmal, the run they're going through. And I think for the first time, given their, their two results this week, obviously the absolute uh, smoking that they got given by Spurs and then the loss to Wolves on Sunday. I think the first time, in my mind at least, they are firmly in it if they weren't before. Because I've always kind of been of the opinion that they'll, they'll string a few wins together and they'll get out of it. Kind of this arrogance, really, you get around big clubs, like they're too big to go down. But if you just look at what you're watching from Everton, I think it's uh, in the last four games, their expected goal is 1.6. So 0.4 per game, they're offering nothing in attack. They can't defend. the champ. It's a championship-level back four. Um, really, really struggling. And their fixtures don't get any any easier, Alec. They uh, they have a lot of tough fixtures coming up. I think the, the trajectory, as it is, regardless of who they're playing, is looking pretty bleak. But, I mean, considering that they still have Newcastle to play, Newcastle are, like, what, second or now third in, in the form table? Hmm. West Ham, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea next after that. And then Leicester, um, Brentford, and Arsenal. They still have four games unconfirmed. Yeah, they still have yeah. uh, four four games unconfirmed, including, interestingly, the second game against Leicester. So they still have to play Leicester City twice. Yeah, because um, they're FA Cup, because they're still in the FA Cup, which is... Yeah. Uh, it'd be funny if they, they could do a Wigan. They could uh, win the <laughs> FA Cup and get relegated. The only thing about about it is like, uh, apart so they've difficult fixtures, and the other fixtures they have are against the other teams down in the relegation place. Mm, yeah, exactly. So it, it's either it's either a really tough game or a must win game. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it is that ultimate like you've got like ten cup finals to play. It's either yeah. a, a six pointer or, or or a massive game. Or a big team. Do you know what it is? Yeah. The way it works, the fixtures near the end of the season. I think you saw a bit of evidence of this at the weekend with Watford beating Southampton. Southampton are a good team, but they're obviously a better team than a lot of the teams down there. But like, wh- where can they max out this season? They're not going to get into Europe, and they're not going to get relegated. So it's kind of you get in towards March and April. A game against a team like that who don't have loads to play for. Like, obviously, you want to win every game. But mm-hmm. what you're talking about there is if you're playing your immediate rivals or you're playing the teams at the top, those games can kind of end up the hardest. And then the games against the teams in the middle that can kind of be on the beach, if you look at sort of in a month's time, potentially, yeah. uh, they can be the ones that are potentially the most winnable for uh, a team like Everton. But... I have to be honest with you, and 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 I'll, and I'll come to you, Fergal, on this. I think they made a mistake with Frank Lampard. I really do. I think that if I think, and and I and I could be completely misreading the situation here. I don't think they fully appreciated the uh, severity of the relegation battle they were in. I think they probably thought that they probably attributed a lot of the poor results to the toxicity around Rafael Benitez, and thought if we get someone in. They'll get some feel-good feeling, go on a run. Yeah. And then if we go with someone like Lampard, you, you, you're kind of building something for the future. And I'm not saying he won't be a good manager one day, but it's kind of like, is he the best manager right now to get them, you know, five yeah. wins between now and the end of the season to stop it's, them getting it's relegated? Kind of, um, 
it's kind of a similar discussion to what was what was being said about Eddie Howe. Mm. Um, in that, like, uh, although like, like Eddie Howe's experience is staying up, but it was it was like you know the the two quite positive managers. Like you saw that in the Tottenham game. He was trying to do like a high press, very naive. Yeah. Um, and he's he's not he's not necessarily known for um for for making a a, a really tight defense like Chelsea Chelsea were Chelsea were solid at times but then uh, at other points like we didn't know you know Tony Rudiger under him didn't did, didn't look anything like the player that in he is his now. in his full season that he was there for so Chelsea under Lampard in 2019-20 conceded 54 goals uh, yeah, I, 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 f- I feel like the, um, I feel like that the, that you like you said. I was of the opinion that Everton were a better team than the, what they were, and they'd get a bit of a bounce, and then you know, it, like start climbing up the table, and they'd they'd have the better players to be able to play, uh, Lampard's idea of football, which which is like a, he likes his teams to press and. And is an ambitious manager and what he wants his teams to do. Mm. Whereas I feel like it is more of a Sam Allardyce job. Like it is, yeah. that, or, at least, or at least a Roy Hudson job. In that, the first thing you need to do is is shore, shore up that defence. Um, yeah. I, 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 and so you need that. You need that type of manager. And mm. I, um, yeah, it might, as you said, I don't know. I thought it was a good appointment just because I thought he, he uh, for both sides. I thought it was a good like if he keeps. It's a good up, job for him, it, I think. Yeah, I um, think he's but, not. But if he takes him down, it's a th- terrible then, he's, job. then he's probably done managing in the Premier League at least for. A, I, like, I, th- I think do... it would take um it would take a a, a a a a really good opportunity for him to manage again in the Premier League. Um, yeah. it would a lot of things would have to go his way, like they have done for this job, like. It was like there's nobody else. Well, if you look at want, it, right, wanted, look at who, and then the guy that they're trying to get in, the Everton fans absolutely. It, it was know, him. It, against. it was Lampard, Vitor Pereira, and I think Cannavaro was the other one they were looking yeah. at at the time. Yeah. And you sort of look at those three names and you go, yeah, Lampard's, you know, he's a decent appointment because of the fact that the other candidates going for it weren't particularly good on paper. And even if you go back to the summer, they appointed Rafa Benitez, right? And obviously we know how that went. But. Who else was there at the time? Like, I do feel like at the moment there is a bit of a, a dearth of top quality managers out there for any club, let alone if you're Everton, who, let's be honest, don't have the pull of, you know, uh, 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 a big team in the Premier League, certainly not when they're battling relegation at the moment. I know, Ali, you're going to pull me up on it in a second, but just let me finish uh, this point. <laughs> okay. I think, I think that uh, they could have done better than Lampard, no doubt, and they, maybe they should have gone for a short-term appointment. But I don't think there was an obvious, attractable option out there, if, if, if I'm deadly honest with you. No, Eddie Howe was available I... in the summer. But... Eddie Howe was available in the summer, sure. But he wasn't available when they got Lampard. I, I take yeah. your point. They, they, they could have done better in the summer than Benitez. I think everyone looked at that and thought, Definitely. that's a pretty questionable appointment. But my, my point was, if, if, if the you've got to look at it and the ambitions at the start of the season 
and and the goalposts have moved from when they got Benitez to when they've eventually ended up appointing Lampard. It's gone from at the start of the season. I think in their minds they thought they challenged the European places, even though none oh, of us thought that was so. realistic. Well, they, so. when did they finish last I, season, I, I thought their their ambitions at the start of the season. If you look at the transfer spend, because they oh, yeah, that's the thing the, they couldn't spend any money. But I think they couldn't they, spend any money. So I think it was it was it was a mid-table season. It might contribute to the mindset of, of, of being in a relegation. It wasn't staying in the if division. If you're like looking to targets be able. Bi- yeah. The targets yeah, were bigger it, than staying in the division, though. Let, let's put it that way. It wasn't let's yeah, finish like, well, know, it, it, like it's, they, look, they were looking. They probably, I would I say, your point. I would say they would have been looking to get the top half at best and sort of safely, and not anywhere near a relegation scrap at a minimum. Yeah, they're, they're they're one of the. Uh, I actually forgot they they couldn't sign anyone. Um, yeah, and uh, last, so last season they finished tenth. I think they would have expected to finish similar. If yeah, we're being honest, definitely. like at yeah. worst, you know, twelfth or something like that. But I, I I I'm struggling to find encouragement from what I'm seeing from them at the moment. I think the only thing that people have pointed out is that they've got seven home games left now. I think it is five away games. Um, but it's interesting the dynamic of the crowd at Goodison because I think what you saw on Sunday was initially it was they, they were sort of spurring them on and they had a good opening half yeah. an hour. But as soon as the game started going against them, it, it switches and it becomes quite toxic. And I can understand it, of course. Like they're, they're going to be angry with the position they're in. But when you've seen these players struggle to play away from home, struggle to play in hostile atmospheres, I think a mm-hmm. similar sort of effect could could come into effect when they're playing in front of their own fans and they're not performing. And that pressure comes on top and it kind of becomes toxic from your own supporters. So, you know, Goodison can be, it can be a means for encouragement for them, no doubt. But if they continue to struggle, continue to play poorly, I don't see it having the kind of um, kind of revitalizing effect that maybe some, and, and Lampard certainly, I think he's banking on it. Whenever he, whenever he speaks in his interviews, it's the one thing he, he keeps going on about is how much he wants to win games at Goodison. Because I feel like he thinks, and, and certainly the, the general opinion is, they've got much more chance of winning there than they do anywhere away from home. Yeah. And there's the uncertainty about what's currently happening with uh, Alisher Usmanov. And obviously, Usmanov, is, it's not like a Chelsea situation. It's Usmanov is, um, you know, the main, like, funder. Like, his fund is what offers... You know, financial support to Everton or provides the funds to Everton, and Farad Mashiri is the chairman of that fund and Everton's uh, the chair of Everton um, chairman, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, but there's the uncertainty around that. There's financial fair play issues that have nothing to do with uh, the the Russian invasion. No, they're in they're in trouble anyway. They've in... they've reported losses of about two hundred sixty million. I think exactly over three years. Exactly, so they're going to be in trouble at the season end, like no matter what. Um... It's it's a really bad situation. But then you throw in the fact they're looking to build a new stadium. I mean, it's just yeah, that probably uh, isn't happening. I think they've made you look a fool, Ali, because a couple of months ago you were calling them vanilla. Anything from vanilla now, they're more rotten egg or. or uh... <laughs> uh, there is a title for the episode in there somewhere. In there. <laughs> yeah, rotten egg. Rotten um, egg. There we go. Before we move on. Do we think they'll get relegated? 
I think. Well, the... I I just Go brought on. up the the five thirty eight um uh, predictor. Yeah. Uh, Good and, work. Uh, so they have Norwich down ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine percent. Yeah, I think they had Everton seventeenth, what... didn't they? I saw this earlier. Yeah, Watford Watford seventy six, Burnley forty five, Everton thirty eight percent, and Leeds thirty six. So they've got worse odds than Leeds according to five thirty eight. So, you know that 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 says I, a lot. I, I would have been interested actually to know what it would have been before um, Leeds won their game. Leeds won at the weekend. Yeah, uh, let me see. Yeah, actually, that's just swung it their way. Uh, they, uh, just looking at the predictor before the weekend, it would it was uh, Leeds thirty-seven, Everton thirty. So, uh, what's that? An eight-point swing or so. Um, so pretty, pretty, pretty uh, interesting stuff. But like, it just shows. I think they are down. I think the issue is, you look at Leeds. There's, there's hope. Everybody's pushing in the same direction there for definite. Um, it's just a matter of it clicking into place at times. Um, it, Burnley, Burnley looks so comfortable in, in the scenario. Like, I still think they'll stay up. Um, and um, Brentford picking up points. So the, the of uh, like Watford and Norwich look certainly go down. But the, the, Do you that, know what that, though? You, that you say that. There's between four teams, and they look it, it, like they, Everton looked the worst in terms of how the general feel about it, the, the cohesion of the team. It, it's it's only looking in one direction. Mm. The projection looks like it. I would say, I would say they have because of their games at hand. And because there's still that many games to go, anything can happen, and there's like the turnaround in form can be really quick and really sudden. Who knows what can happen in the Premier League? All of that. They just about stay up, but next season they will finish something like last because <laughs> because of their financial issues and because of what's going to happen in the summer. Yeah, that, that, that I think we don't know to what's going to happen in the summer, but inevitably they will be in a lot of trouble that will mean reducing the squad quality, which is, you know... It'd it, be Richarlison it's and Calvert-Lewin gone. And then exactly. Calvert-Lewin will go to Arsenal. Jamari Gray and Townsend coming in. Yeah, uh, but definitely their, their squad quality will significantly decrease. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll see a point seduction in there. So if they don't get relegated this season, it'll be next, given everything that's happening. Yeah, I... I the only reason I'm sort of concerned for them is those fixtures. Whereas even someone like Watford, for example, I just looked at Watford's fixtures. Watford still have to play Everton at home, Brentford at home, Burnley at home, Leicester at home. Those are winnable games for them. Whereas if you look at Everton's, don't get me wrong, they have more games, but how many of them do you actually expect them to win on paper at the moment? It's not many, is it? I don't expect so... any any of Everton, either of Everton or Watford to win any games straight away. Like a Watford Everton would be a draw. I, and yeah. then every other game would be probably a defeat, and uh, like on, you know, immediate prediction kind of thing. So it's it's just a matter of who picks up the most draws because like it, the probability of of wins is is very very low. I think game. I think Watford I, I won on the weekend, but I don't know what the record for this is. But it wouldn't surprise me this season if you see the lowest points tally to stay up. I know people talk about that magic. I, th- I think so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not going to take anywhere point. near that, is it? I mean, if you look at it at the moment, I mean, 
Yeah, we could see someone staying up with 30 points. Yeah, you just don't expect like you don't expect these teams to win. I know Leeds won at the weekend, but and Watford won, but uh, you don't expect them to win any of these games. They're just not very good. There's a lot of not very good teams at the bottom. Um, and I, yeah, I think that's what sort of summarizes yeah. it. And another another metric, the other 14 uh, Twitter account baseline tracker, mm. it, it has very good. Uh, Everton third bottom, uh, yeah. Leeds then Norwich. Um, so you know. The, there's a lot, there's there's a couple of different metrics and way of measuring it, including the actual league table. Uh, <laughs> there, there's nothing pointing up the way for for Everton, um, and I just have I like it was a big loss for Burnley this weekend. Um, yeah, like, too late goals. And, and Ericsson is looking like a stroke of genius. I was a bit hesitant about it just because I I had heard that it might take a while to get fit. Yeah. Uh, properly, but he's actually gotten fit relatively quickly, uh, and and he's in, in, putting in ball unbelievable balls to, for their danger man Ivan Tony. Yeah, he's been craving for all season for someone like that to come into the team Definitely. and provide him instead of him providing a, to other people. And that 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 I think I didn't think that would be as big of a, a difference maker, but I think Brentford will probably stay up. Yeah, I think that win does it for them, to be fair. I think there's just too many points between them and the teams in the relegation. Before we move on, before we move on from this section, I just want to remind Ali of his predictions at the start of the season. <laughs> uh, again, uh, predicted Everton to finish above Arsenal. Any update on that one, pal? Um, I mean, Everton Everton are being Everton, so... Yeah. yeah I, 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 the, the other thing, The other thing I... Okay, there's several factors to this. First of all... Yeah. Everton and Arsenal were in a category where anyone could finish anywhere. And that's still a poor prediction. The other thing is, the, the at the time, I berated Everton for being a team of such high expectation and low, you know, outcome. Yeah. They, they've surprised, they've surpassed any of our expectations of how oh, yeah, utterly yeah, of awful they can be. I didn't think they'd be this bad. I didn't think um, they'd be this bad. Arsenal started in a way that, you know, yeah, yeah, we know it wasn't going well very well, and then it's all well documented, mate. Uh, it's and well we gotta, we gotta talk about Not Arsenal. Even the first three games, in fairness. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it, it gave Ramsdale came in and changed everything. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. of course. Who but we'll, we'll, we'll get to Arsenal later on. I gotta talk about Arsenal at some point because cool. they're yeah, they're so That's much good. fun. It's good. Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll take a little break and we'll be back with the uh, other action after this. Thrilling win for Leeds over Norwich at the bottom and an important one for uh, Jesse Marsh getting his first win on the board. Um, thrilling finish there. Two goals in stoppage time. Ugh. What do we make of this, lads? Do we think this leaves Leeds in a good position to stay up? Um, I think it I think it does for a reason. It's only Norwich, but this game, and I and I chose to watch this game because I had a I had a feeling that it it could be as entertaining because of how open leads are generally. And it's, it's such a, a scrap down there that it was very intriguing. The amount of chances leads created for themselves and those chances being of such high quality is extremely promising, even though it is only an arch, as I said, I think mm. they, I think they have it in them. I think they have it in them to, um, 
like just keep creating high quality chances and th they have like the they still have the energy to perform in the physical um you know capacity that they do they have like the top three or three of the top five sprinters in the whole league yeah. um so yeah i think that i think leeds stay up kind of an overall assessment since marsh came in i thought they played well against leicester and kind of leicester you know have their own faults i don't think they're a particularly great side this season but leeds probably deserve something from that game but then they were really poor against villa and it was like it was it was kind of discouraging if you're a leeds fan because you think okay we've turned a corner like we probably should have taken something against leicester build on that against villa at home you know look to get and they were poor and they lost the game three nil and you sort of I can't quite predict them. I think they're probably. I, I, th I think it's. I think it's it's early. It's early within Marsh's tenure to to see a clear trajectory of, of where they're going. Yeah. Um, you know, there there's there's caveats to to both performances. Um, and I, I yeah, it's it's not clear yet. I I like the. This goal, the winning goal, which was which was a brilliant moment, and your man, um, uh, Joffy, some of the commentators, I, I like, just put a smile yeah. on your face. That goal, I've seen a few. Yeah, today. very good. The, the the whole thing, it was, it was brilliant. I've got a real soft spot for Leeds, as we've talked about before. But the <laughs> um, yeah, it, I, I I am I am still like really worried about them. I don't think that it, it's clear yet. What, it, how how improved they are from this Norwich performance? I think the fact that it is Norwich is massive. Like the the goal, the winning goal, like it it's so poor from Norwich. Like the yeah, centre back yeah. loses a header to to Gellhart, and then uh, and then they're just in. Like yeah, from, it's a... <laughs> from, from like a, a hoof up the pitch to a header. I saw as well a comment on it. If you watch Ozan Kabak, he just runs into the goal. Like I... he, <laughs> he he's obviously trying to stop Rafinha putting it in, but then he just carries on running and ends up like in the net. <laughs> I can't believe Ozan Kabak less than a year ago was playing a Champions League game starring yeah. at Real Madrid. Yeah. I, I think he I, kind I, of um, answer my mind. He takes the quality of people around him. Like if you put good people around him, he's probably all right, but God, he's been poor for Norwich. Good grief. Um, Kabak is like, it's like the tale of like the of 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 these wonder kids is unbelievable. Like I remember him getting talked up. I forget where he moved from from Schalke to, but he was getting talked up. He moved from he transferred from Schalke, and he was getting talked up and linked to different clubs even before then. And then when he moved to Schalke, he was this like diamond in the rough of of Schalke and like. Oh, he's really, really actually good. And mm. then he's just gone to Norwich. The last thing he needed to do was go to another yeah. a bad team like like Norwich. Like, oh, they're they're um, the English Schalke in terms of like where they're going to finish in the league. You're going to do a lot he, of He's like Leroy he's Fur. He's going to get a reputation. <laughs> is it Fur? Yeah, it was yeah, fair. Yeah. It, was fair. Yeah. Yeah. it was like, was you're always relegated. going, oh, he's a decent player. And, and then he always just gets relegated. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They... Uh... Yeah, I think Norwich are down. Although, you say that, right, and they will get relegated. But, like, mathematically, they're still in it. This kind of goes back to the point of none of these teams seem to want to get themselves out of it like that. People keep going on about no one wants the top four. No one wants to stay up. Harry, I mean, it's, it's, 
it's uh, it's anything but mathematical at this point. I think they're they've been down. Well, for you know, they, they get a few wins. I don't I don't think they will though. I think for Leeds though, before we move on, their next hmm. three games are key. So they got Wolves next Friday, then they have Southampton, and then Watford. If they win two of those games, and Wolves won't be easy, obviously they're going for Europe, but they don't score a lot of goals, so you know it's not impossible. Southampton, as I said before, it's kind of a team with nothing really to play for. I mean, it, you know, it maybe. Oh uh, yeah, well, uh, what 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 game week does that kick properly kick in for for you guys? I, I it, think it's it, not quite is it from yet. Here on? No, I don't think quite because I heard someone say Southampton are on the beach, and I don't think you can be on the beach with ten games left. I think. It's sort of from the middle of April onwards. They got them on the second, so maybe that is slightly too early. But it's kind of when you get into that five games to go, and it's like you're not going to get relegated, but you're also not going to get into Europe. So you could, you know, you can finish anywhere between tenth and fourteenth, say, right? I, I think you start to see it a little bit, um, but I think it's a bit early to be saying it yet. But I'm not even saying that they give up. It's just kind of mentally, you're not quite. I mean, you watched Southampton a few weeks ago. They were beating Spurs. They went to United and played really well. But then they got beat 4-0 by Villa last weekend. And then they lost to Watford at home. So, like, you've got to suggest at least part of that is they've mentally... And they're in the FA Cup as well, so maybe their attention goes to that a bit more. Um, But I do think it happens. I do think you see evidence of some of these middling teams in the Premier League. They just slightly take their eye off the ball a bit. Oh, they definitely... There's there's some... There's always like, there's always a, a like a, a team, a relegation team picks up three points out of nowhere against one of these sides, and then that that lifts the whole confidence of the relegation team. So I, I like on the last day of the season, I think they're they're the teams you want to be playing. You want to be playing them, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree it, with that. I agree with that. But that is big for Leeds. Those next, as I said, those next three games can go a long way if they can win a couple or even win one and get a draw. As he said, like teams aren't picking up many points down there, so it goes a long way to getting you safe. Um, yeah. Uh, moving on, unless you wanted to add anything else. Uh, no, I, I, you just um, you just said Southampton were on the beach there briefly, and uh, they're defending for the first goal they conceded. Against oh, uh, that, and that's kind of it's an example. There's about three errors. I I remember seeing it on match of the day because I, I was I heard on the radio as I was going to the Arsenal game. The sort of commentator saying it was a huge mistake. And uh, there's about three huge mistakes. That sort of, like, the first guy makes a mistake, then he goes to the keeper, then he gives it to Salisu. Salisu makes it. It's like, I mean, who do you want to blame here? Like, <laughs> any of these guys could be responsible for that. But, They're on uh, the beach, so the 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 the, the surface isn't very... Yeah, yeah exactly. The ball's getting stuck in the ground, you know. It's, it's, it's on the sand. Only Willian, only Willian could thrive in uh, such a environment. Yeah, of course. Oh, Willian. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, the big game of the weekend was Man United Spurs. And... To be honest, my assessment of this game was it was just prime, uh, prime Barclays really, and it kind of summed up both teams for me. They were both absolutely chaotic and quite bad, to be honest. <laughs> and it made for a good game. Obviously, Ronaldo was exceptional, and we'll get on to him in a second. But I mean, it's pro- it's a manager's like worst night. It actually reminded me of the three-two game we had with Man United as well, where both teams were just all over the place, and it kind of produced a bit of a end-to-end like chaotic basketball match where neither team had any control really at any point um and it was kind of individual moments that ended up winning the game and it was kind of what you see here i I heard a description of ronaldo which i thought was quite accurate actually is he when when you're kind of assessing him um he's like the school bully but you don't want to slag him off to his face so it's like you'll happily go oh he's rubbish he's rubbish but then when you're playing man united 
Are you brave enough to say you want them to line up without him in the team? Or with him in the team, rather? Do you want him in the team for them? Because I'm very much of the opinion that, yes, over 38 games, he makes them a worse team. I, I, I just don't think the numbers lie on a lot of the stuff. Mm, but yeah. on a one-off game, he can do what he did at the weekend. He can pull rabbits out of hats and score goals from 35 yards and leap above people at corners. Mm. He's still a match winner when it comes down to those moments. So I, I, if... I, I said that, I don't know if I said it in the pub, but I, was, I said it to my mate that's Sports United, his best role is a super sub, without a doubt. You like, think? Like, coming on and, like, aiming, um, a, 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 aiming for him at, at set pieces. Like, make make him do set piece drills and, like, make him know the, the players and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Like, it, it, it's, all, it's all of that, I think, he be you get the best out of him if you were to do it that way, but um yeah I I like the, for the first goal I thought Lloris should have saved that I didn't yeah. think it was I didn't think it was strike, that but it was savable it was savable it was savable there's nobody closing down the well, other thing was whenever you intro this this and you said it was prime I thought you were gonna say Spursy well yeah that too <laughs> that too but like. If the scene was so typically Spurs, like it was prime, uh, and the Romero uh, bit with Maguire, and then he goes and gets beat for the header. That's prime Spursy, like him trying to chirps an opponent, and then it's his yeah, fault they yeah. end up losing the game. That's yeah. prime Spursy. Um, On the Ronaldo goal, though, I think it's it's quite tricky. It's not one. very far out in the corner, to be to be fair. But I thought it curved away. Um, mm. I didn't think before. there was much movement on it whatsoever. I think he exactly. should save it. I think a good, I think a top keeper, yeah. I think an Allison and Edison and Mendy, they're pushing. That he he over doesn't the react quick enough to it at all, and it's not even yeah, like definitely. it was. It wasn't even like it was like a really snapshot. It, he turns around, lines it, it up, gives himself time, lines it up, and then and then hits yeah. it. I think a good strike. Yeah, I think the problem was that he saw it coming straight, and then he decided on diving given that, and and it curved late. But what I thought he should do is move move his his legs his his body and yeah he just, he did to the side towards the save and make it a much yeah. easier save um mm, yeah but yeah he reacted i just thought he reacted really slowly to it and and it was it was I, yeah it's a save the top keeper makes yeah i think so i think I, and, and i've said before i think it's very unimaginative from spurs to just give larice a new deal i think he's been past his best for a while now and they Probably should have been looking to move him on. I don't. It's not, nothing new to me. Um, this result, where does this leave both teams? Are either of them likely to make top four? No. Really? Yeah. I, I think this is the best result Arsenal could have had. I have to say, so I, I, I'll rationalise it for you, right? Look, going into it, the worst result, no doubt, would have been a Spurs win because we still have to go to Spurs, whereas we got United at home, and I think we're very good at home and can. I think we'll beat them. Um... I wouldn't have minded a draw because I kind of it's one of those where you want both teams to lose, but obviously they yeah. can't. So it's like, what's the next best thing? Okay, if they both draw, they both drop points. Um, it is interesting with Spurs because Spurs still have two games in hand on United and you go, well, if they win those, they go above them, but they just can't seem to... They're in this cycle of win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Seven loss, games win-loss. now. I think it's seven wins and eight losses. Or they have what, eight wins, seven losses. Like They just can't get out of this funk of inconsistency. And... I still think they're a threat. Like I, I, I guess you guys kind of have more of a, 
um yeah obviously an unbiased take on it because i'm invested in it i'm kind of very reluctant to go right with favorites that unbiased for me (laughs) the point is you don't have a horse in the race so to speak chelsea i don't think get dragged into it whereas i'm looking at it thinking okay we should get top four i wouldn't switch our position but we've still got to play 12 games like that is a significant part of the season still remaining it's one third so I, I, I want us to open up, like, I want us to go to Spurs with a 10-point gap. And you know what? If they beat us, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. Whereas if we go there and it's, like, I don't know, six points and they get within three, like, it, it's, it'll be tight enough. So And also, with, the, with your young squad, it's it's when I, it's good now you've got a clear gap. But if the pressure started to build... This is the thing. Few games to go, and the other two teams, they feel like the opposite, that they're... Well, maybe not Spurs, you you really can't rely on them for a win. But the United team, there is that sense that if things did click into gear mm. for them that, and, and they started to play well, they would also be able to grind out the wins with the likes of Ronaldo popping up uh, for, for goals. Yeah, uh, And so maybe if it became tight, uh, I would worry for Arsenal how they react yeah, it, to that. It's all a bit... Um, it's quite difficult to judge at the moment, obviously, as well, because none of the teams have played the same amount of games. Like, we've got three games in hand. And, and I know teams will go, okay, they're against Chelsea and Liverpool and and Spurs. But Man United have still got to go to Anfield and they've still got to play Chelsea at home. So, like, they've got those fixtures and we've got them and uh, two other fixtures in hand. So, Man United have got, I think it's nine games left now. And three of them are against Chelsea, Arsenal and Liverpool. So they're not guaranteed to pick up points in any of those. So I wouldn't switch our position for theirs, certainly. Um, what what did we think? What did you think about... Um, whose goal was it? One of the Spurs goals. And it, do you think it was offside? It should be offside. Harry Maguire's? It should be. It should oh, be Harry offside. Maguire's own goal. That's own goal. Was, yeah. It should be offside. This, is a pro- this actually happened in the Leeds game as well. Yeah. Where Bamford was offside. But he never touched the ball, so it so, so he's never deemed offside. And then in that move, so it breaks, and they end up scoring a goal. He's influencing the play, and it's the same here. Maguire only makes the interception because Romero is behind him. Like, uh, well, uh, remember the um, what's it called the the European um, Nations League? Yeah, the Nations League yeah. final. Remember the Mbappe yeah. goal that was given onside? Where, yeah, well, yeah, It was way off, and then the defender just about gets a touch on it while sliding. Oh, yeah. That, and then that it's, it counts as a, as a pass back. Here's the thing, though. If, like, if it's a... If that situation happens, and it's with feet, and it ends up with the goalkeeper, that has to count as a pass back, too. Since yeah. you know, if it, if, it, if it counts as a pass back to I I, I, Mbappe, I thought you know what they, I mean. I it's just that was backwards. The, the Nations League one that was the first time I've ever seen that rule interpreted like that. Yeah, and then and it I, just carried and on. I, and, I, and I thought it was it was entirely wrong. Yeah, uh, I, and I haven't really seen too much of that same thing. I think I think that this whole thing about influencing the play, it, it's you've seen it with set pieces in the Carabao Cup final. I think this has come into the game more. I think it's it's slightly different to what you were talking about, Ali, and I think it's yeah. I I and I think that 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 Harry Maguire own goal be given out as offside. I think it's an evolution of 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 that and how. But the same thing again is it gets into you're getting into hypotheticals a bit. So I understand maybe they just don't want they want to avoid it. But yeah. I felt like he was so much offside 
and the fact that it was an own goal, I'm, I just thought the only reason he's done that is because is because he, he he sees the guy behind him, uh, yeah. but because he's uh, not absolutely. even in Harry Maguire's line of sight or anything like that, it's 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 not interfering. Um, and then finally, I just on my wee ramble here. Yeah. Um, Ronaldo called himself the goat. I did see that when he was talking about Tom Brady. Yeah. That, yeah. That, uh... <laughs> I, look, I have no problem with Ronaldo being considered a goat by other people. Yeah, but not by himself. But not by himself. No, he, well, he can think it, but like, don't express it because you just look a knob. Like, there was a goal celebration at the World Cup by Ronaldo where he, uh, remember, he grew a little bush of hair on his chin. And uh, he went like he he rubbed that little piece of hair, and it was um, apparently like, oh, I'm the goat because goats have hair on their chin. Uh, I I don't doubt Messi has probably a very similar ego, but he definitely seems smart enough not to not to show it, and and maybe just prefers not to be a bit more private than Ronaldo does. It's an unbelievable uh, ego from, from uh, Ronaldo. Yeah, he, uh, he, he just kidding. looks a knob. I think he's a knob anyway, so like, it doesn't change anything for me. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, moving on, we touched on Arsenal a little bit. Um, another oh. good win. Another solid win. Uh, playing some good stuff at times. Uh, some good stuff at times. Arsenal yeah, one of the most I'm not getting carried away because you... you you got to understand, right? We got Liverpool in a couple of days, and we'll <laughs> this, this, this is the this what do you call the litmus litmus test? This this is this is where uh, yeah. it decides how how much of Arsenal come on. Are they actually playing well, or are they actually? Well, like... I don't know. Do you know what I would say? It's not necessarily if we lose to Liverpool, we're bad, and if we beat them, we're great. It a lot of it depends how the actual game pans yeah, out. Yeah, definitely. Like the Man City game. We lost the Man City game, but everybody That's was encouraged true. because of how well we played. I think people recognised, yeah. look, they played well on the day, should have taken something, maybe blew up a little bit. Some of it was self-inflicted with the penalty mm-hmm. and the red card, missing a, like, a sitter. Like, so, so there was the inexperience of it that showed. But there was good stuff uh, tactically. I think there was good stuff... Uh, uh, with the way we we pressed Man City, pushed them back, troubled them, probably like very few sides have this season. Um, and if we can do the same things against Liverpool, I'll be encouraged. Now they are a lot better than us, and I think for a couple of reasons, like we we struggle uh, with matchups against Liverpool. So the two that I have in mind here, are, I think Cedric's going to have a really really tough time, whoever they put on that left side, because oh, yes. he just isn't. He's not a good defender. Whether it's Diaz, whether it's Mane. I think Jota's definitely going to play because he just turns into Drogba against us, like, no matter what form he's in. Um, and the other one is, it's a little bit frustrating that, I mean, we could put him on the left, but Saka plays on the right for us. And I think Robertson's a much better defensive fullback than Trent is. Robertson played Saka better than I've seen any fullback this season. He played, he, the experience I think showed in that Carabao Cup second leg, where he just had Saka in his pocket, really. And I've not seen many fullbacks do that to him this season. Um, and I think what Liverpool did really well in that game, because we were missing centre midfielders, is they blocked the flanks and forced us to play through the middle with uh, Laconga, Smith-Rowe uh, and Lacazette up front. It, it's not the strong point of the pitch. Where I think we've got a better chance this time is Party's back and he's playing fantastically. Mm-hmm. And Odegaard's playing magnificently for us at the moment as well so it gives us a bit more in the center of the pitch um 
look, I'll be encouraged. I think the frustrating thing for us this week is we've got Liverpool and then it's a really tight turn. We've got Villa half 12 on Saturday. So that game becomes a lot harder than it otherwise would be. Yeah. Yeah. So we get Liverpool 8-15 on Wednesday and then Villa at half 12 on a Saturday. Now, what I will say is we've not actually played very much recently. Like We've had a lot of weekends off because of like the Chelsea at the Club World Cup and then there was FA Cup and then Liverpool in the Carabao Cup final. So we should be rested enough to play three games in a week. And ultimately next season, we're going to have to do that. No matter whether we're in the Champions League or Europa League, we're going to have to compete. Yeah on multiple fronts so you got to just roll the punches and deal with it um it's going to be a tough week i think if we came out of those two games with a win and then even if we lost the other game or drew it i think that's fine i think you're not losing ground if you lose at home to liverpool like it is what it is tottenham didn't beat them man united obviously got thumped by them mm-hmm. um and villa's a hard game and villa lost uh yesterday to west ham so you know, with a week's rest, that they're going to be up for that game, and we beat them quite easily in the corresponding fixture. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. It is going to be a tough week for us, no doubt. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game for Liverpool too, just because Arsenal at the moment are on such good form, and one of the things that they're excelling at at the moment is playing through in tight spaces and playing through pressure and the ability to break lines, especially yeah. especially through Odegaard. I mean. What a couple of games he's had so in in this little run. Mm. Um, the the problem with Liverpool is that we um, we press 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 press. We try to win the ball back immediately, almost at all times, and mm. it's sometimes to me concerning that with a team that can play through the press and is able to make um, you know one twos and little combinations are able to to play around. Joel Matip pressing high up uh, 10 yards past the um, halfway line and then you get runner, runs from like Asaka um, or Martinelli. So, Martinelli, I think, would be the one that could... like the type. And he did in the Carabao Cup game. Klopp singled him out for uh, praise. He was the one who looked the most likely, I think. Yeah. He's the one who... he's he, he, What he's very good at as well, and it kind of goes under the radar... When we go long, he, he's very good at making it stick, like bringing it under control. And you see those Liverpool forwards are very good at doing it as well. When they play direct, hit balls into their chest, into their feet, they get it on the ground and just attack defenders. He's of a similar ilk where if we want to play direct and want to play through a press, he's a good outlet. Because even though he's not the tallest, he's very good at, obviously he's very quick and he runs in behind, but he's also very good at getting the ball down and, and getting at people uh, quickly. So I, I get what you're saying. Like if... We can cause you problems. And Definitely. I think Liverpool in recent weeks, as good as they've been, there has been vulnerability in games. Like you mm-hmm. can play through them, you can you can get them in transition, and you'll get chances. But the thing is, is they're happy to do that because they'll get more chances going the other way. So Yeah. It, it's kind of a catch twenty two with it. Like we're we're gonna have to defend well, we're gonna have to get lucky, and we're gonna have to take our chances. And that's been a, a problem for us against Liverpool. We haven't scored against them, I think, in six games. Uh Eww. so all yeah, right. yeah there's been a couple. Of, there's been a few League Cup games I think thrown in there, which kind of skews it a little bit. I think there might have been a Charity Shield one. Where, actually, that was one one, wasn't it? But there was there was two League Cup games this season. The League game, I think last season there was a League Cup game and the two yeah. League games. So it's six games over two seasons where we haven't scored a goal. Uh, we do one, but uh, it remains to be seen how we do. Um, I just want to touch on one more thing: refereeing. Uh, uh, yeah, I know it's it's getting boring, isn't it? Um, Fergal, 
Chelsea got away with one this weekend, I think. What? <laughs> no, I couldn't get over it. Yeah. Um, I was um I I, I was sort of ha- half watching it. Um, um, I managed to get a bit of it on my break, uh, with work. Um, and then watched match today back. Like I just, I I don't know how he got away with it. It was um, like there's like two or three fouls in it. Yeah. Um, like such a strong pull of the shirt, and like in so many of the other VAR decisions, it's like it's like is he has he got enough of his shirt? Is the question? But Chalaba, he's got like he's, he's got like loads of the shirt, <laughs> uh, yeah. and and then on top of that, he's like trying to get his foot across. Him. He's a very, trip. very. He lucky. doesn't get the ball, does he? He did, like. He doesn't, I don't think the, he gets anywhere near the ball. I, I think I think the thing is, I heard Dermot Gallagher say this on Sky Sports earlier. It was one of the more intelligent things he's actually said, which is basically, if you're looking to overturn that as VAR. The referee gave a corner. So the referee clearly thought that Chalibur had got a piece of the ball. He didn't get a piece of the ball. He was nowhere near it. So that's what you say to him is, look, if you think that was a corner, you clearly think he got the ball. He didn't get the ball. So come and have a look at what's actually happened. But it goes back to the old saying, like they don't overturn stuff. They don't get referees to come and have a look at it for the sake of having a look at it. It's come and have a look at it and overturn it. Or don't come and have a look because you're not overturning it. But I just look at that and I think... The, the one I go back to, because obviously I remember what happens in our games, Xhaka did a similar thing. Xhaka had Bernardo Silva's shirt. Now, the shirt pull wasn't enough to bring him to the ground, but it didn't matter because he was pulling his shirt. A penalty yeah. was given. That's kind of a common acceptance in football. If you pull a shirt, it's a foul. So I don't really understand the inconsistency in that. because I, I, I couldn't get over it, dude. Like, it was almost like Chal- it was almost like Chalabin knew he was going to get away with it. Because he holds on to him outside the box, and then you see a lot of the on. time, a lot of the time, defenders will be smart enough to like let go as soon as they get into the box. But, like it's like he knew he was th- he was gonna get away with it. He, he grabbed on to it for dear life, and then put two legs across him. I, I, I couldn't get over that we got away with it. Um, and yeah. uh, I I don't know what you thought in the Havertz one, um, with the elbow. I thought that was, I, I felt well. I I thought it was just right. I thought I. I didn't think there was much malice in it. I thought he was jumping, but at the same time, um, yeah, I was watching the Ireland this weekend and we done rather well. And in that, it, 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 it with rugby contact, it's it, it's not about what you thought they were going to do. It's all about where the contact was and mm. what the actual impact on the player was. And it does, it is that question of should, should that sort of clinical thought be brought into into football, in which case, Hazard puts the bony part of his elbow uh, in in the side of the temple, makes makes um, uh, Dan Burn bleed. It should that be a red? I think I think it's a, it'd be a fair. Uh, if he, he was given a red, if he, he was given a red, I, I wouldn't mind. It wouldn't be too discussion. But his his goal was was oh, sensational. Oh. sensational. There was almost there was the almost like a beat season. to it. That it was like touch. Composure finish. It was like just like a boom, boom, boom. Was, in like was... the, in in the exact same space of less than a meter. It's yeah. magnificent. And yeah. then the fact that and Dan, it it, just the fact that it was Dan Burn that was marking him. It was it was rather funny. Yeah, right. I'd be fuming. I'd have been absolutely fuming as a Newcastle fan. I got to be honest, my head would have been gone. 
I, um, I don't think we're going to talk about the the Chelsea um, takeover this week, are we? No, because no, it, well, I, a, I'm just watching it because I, to be honest, I haven't been paying attention to it because mainly I'm like, it's changing every day. We might be getting a steady yeah. and we might not be. I, I can't be arsed reading about some random businessman until no. it's confirmed. Don't get invested in that, it. That, 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 that it's, well, I, I, I'm not getting invested. I'm more dreading. So I don't want to put myself reading through all the whatever crime they're connected to, and then going, <laughs> God, and, and then going, oh Good no, it could, it could be, it could be, you know, this blood money, or it could be that blood money. I, I don't know which blood money I'd rather. I can't be arsed that. So I have, I've been honestly staying out of it and yeah. and not really paying attention to it. We'll talk about it more whenever things are more confirmed and more uh, known. Go if you want to know. Go listen to the Chelsea uh, Athletic podcast. They do a whole section on it. There you go. They're experts. Plug, plug in competitors. They are oh. bloody good though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big Champions League ties coming up this week. Obviously, Man United facing Atletico. Uh, and I think it's Ajax Benfica is one of the other ties. But I just want to reflect on what went on last week a little bit with PSG. Um, oh, Chelsea have got to get the bus to Lille as well, haven't they? Uh, or the train. A, a, or the seven seven zero. Zero. Wait, yeah, yeah. Th- that, I thought that was a strange comment from Tuchel that he was like, he, he, you know, he's clearly just making a wee joke there but, yeah, and an exaggeration. Yeah. Like why why choose a seven seater if you're gonna be in this world you know like why why not why not say I'll drive a bus myself yeah. you know yeah seven seater it was like, oh, was you're, like you're gonna be you're not gonna have enough players pal <laughs> yeah yeah seven seater or you I'm are side, yeah five side street football uh, no it was funny um, yeah Ali you wanted to touch on PSG um, because yes because PSG of so the way that they've constructed their side, right? They have this huge, huge investment in them from a literal petrol state, right? And they had a they had a chance, Harry. They had a chance, a decade long opportunity, of being the most dominant force on the planet, mm-hmm. and they they just they just failed, and. When when they One got eliminated, brother, yeah. when they were eliminated to Barcelona, the six one, it was like okay, this project has failed. And then they they go off and uh, and pull off the Neymar transfer, and then okay, mm-hmm. reset button, let's try again. Then they get knocked out of like rounds of sixteens and quarterfinals in yep. a in what's now a very typically PSG fashion. Uh, they're they're even worse at Tot- than Tottenham at that. And then you're like, okay, it's failed. But then they go off and pull off another summer transfer window. Oh, it was a trolley dash, wasn't it? We'll have a Hakimi and a Donnarumma. Well, and a, oh, and oh Messi's available. We'll, we'll get him. Uh, Ramos and Wijnaldum and, and obviously Messi, yeah. With, with all of them, I've... they were like, there wasn't much thought. It was it was like, uh, well, we, we can't not get him. We, yeah. it, it, we have yeah. the money and he's available on a free so like we're going to be able to work this out like but but that, that is how they recruit that's how they do business there isn't uh, a um philosophy of our oh, well we've got this manager we want to play this way this system and we want these profiles it's literally he's good we'll take him i mean that is how I, they, I, I how they operate what, 
I don't know what the director of football, what pictures he has on the owners or whatever, because I don't know yeah. how he's keeping himself a, a job. If he's got some documents that is gonna, is gonna show them up to be oh, I mean, doing well, activity. Just an hour before we or two before we started recording, the Athletic released a, a piece um, that apparently PSG are looking to move on from Leonardo and and um, hire Paratici. From Tottenham. I saw that, but he he's not leaving Spurs, at least not this summer. Well, it's uh, it's it's a target of theirs anyway. But yeah. speaking of all those previous failures, Harry. Yeah. I think this is the end. I think this is oh, it. Of what? Um, of the PSG project altogether, in terms of having any chance of winning the Champions League ever again. I don't think it's going to happen. I think there's wow. more of a chance of, in the next three years, the Super League happening and PSG not getting involved in it than PSG winning the Champions League for definite. Because I think the Super League will happen inevitably. Yeah, PSG will not win the Champions that? League in that time. Um, Gino Wijnaldum is apparently you know, conceded to make a mistake. Oh, well, if you believe, I think it was like the Mail or the Daily Mirror or whatever. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually the case that he regrets moving to PSG. Yeah, and even would I. Um, would I. Mbappe is obviously going to go. Uh, I don't know. Neymar might might look to leave. The the, the other thing is could the Qatar money might might they might pull out. There there were cups this year. Yeah. Um. Uh. There's. This was all a build up to the World Cup. And and having a big impact on football. So now they've had their moment, uh, it, like like this time next year, will um where will that leave PSG and Qatar's plans to influence football? Are are, are they like I I it, it it I know it's apparently really important to them that Mbappe is still at PSG, what uh, for the World Cup. Um, so hmm. I, I I don't know for certain if Mbappe will move. Uh, I I feel, I feel like he might sign like a one year and be convinced to stay. If, uh, that they might find a way to convince him. I've, I've heard different report again. Another thing that's so up in the air. But I I I I'd be interesting to see after the World Cup does Qatar have an interest in football and an interest in keeping PSG. Obviously, it, it might take a season or two to wind things down. Uh, in terms hmm. of the money and 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 sell stuff on, but uh, it, it'd be interesting if they if they after the World Cup will they have will they be putting put, putting loads of money into it to go for a Champions League? Is that another goal that they want to achieve within football before they they cash out? Mm. What I, you're describing would be great if they just fucked off. If they just left. They left. Um, I'm hoping all this with PSG failing. Um, uh, Abramovich getting disqualified and and all of this and uh, where Usmanov's situation is going, this oh, is wh- this this hopefully could be like the end of this huge political influence. Well, there's still Saudi Arabia with uh, with Newcastle. But uh, well, my, my my point in that was uh, it, like what's interesting uh, and I I don't know if we talked about it last week, but definitely over the weekend that uh, Abramovich was taken off of the the like fit and proper persons test like he he's now sort of failed that retrospectively yeah. and yeah. as a result <laughs> within the Premier League rules he's disqualified to he, he he well it, it, apparently he he would have to sell the club regardless 
of what the current situation is. So if he was actually happy to stay on, ah, the pre- within the Premier League rules, apparently he would have had to sell, mm. which I think is a massive game changer. I did not know Definitely. this was a thing. So yeah. all of a sudden, with the the eighty one killings that's happening in Saudi Arabia, and if 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 um if all of a sudden there's a different stance taken on their actions with Yemen, can 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 they just be thrown out as well? I don't mm. think so. Just because the just because of the difference between a oligarch with connections to the Russian government owning a football club and literally the saudi arabian government owning the football club there's a huge difference in influence and i wonder I if think it's a wor- well, yeah influence on on yeah i get the influence in in that actually helping them stay within but then yeah. i think you know there's more of a direct line to to it than abramovich you know there's a more like hmm. definitive more like, definite Ab- abramovich is, is, is connected to someone calling the shots they are the people calling the shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah I see your it, point. It's easier it, to know, establish. It's it's much easier to establish. So, but they, as a result, they do have more influence to perhaps persuade people to stay in uh, the Premier League. But I, I, I did not know that was a thing that that if you could you could retrospectively fail the fit and proper person test. I don't know if that's actually what what exactly happened. But I understand that now this has all came out. Premier League of what he would have had to sell and I, I think what it is see how that plays out if sort of an owner wanted to keep a club yeah and the fact that they have to sell be interesting how that actually happens the i think what happened is that the uh, the film proper person says added an element of um human rights to the test yeah because then, of uh, the invasion on ukraine which blows my mind like it it, it took a literal you know bombing of apartment buildings by a country on another to put that in and yeah. it's I, I, I wish um, I, I'd love to see the leaked uh, voting or for that one for the Premier League clubs you know, 19 the, to 1 the, I, I, or 18 yeah, I, to 1 I, I would have thought so <laughs> absolutely or, or, or maybe 18 to 2 <laughs> 18 to 12. If Chelsea, I mean, anyway, yeah, anyway. I'm done talking about politics. <laughs> yeah, uh, it does feel like football is utterly entrenched in politics, probably more than ever. At the I moment. mean, uh, what I was saying at the start of this, this kind of this, this uh, sort of discussion is I hope that this is the start of the end of, you know, the influence of politics to this extent that we have at the moment. But yeah, you know, I, it's always going to have, I, yeah, I don't know. There's two sides to it. I think the influence, the influence of politics, uh, is actually going to be the thing that prevents this from happening in the future. I think, I think it was actually, uh, uh, um, I, I think the fact that people separated politics and football so much was the reason why we have this yeah, issue. The definitely. fact that you have someone like Eddie Howe going, "I'm just a football manager. I'm just a football manager. I, I, I only talk about football." Yeah, ask me, ask me anything about Newcastle. I, I mean, anything about that. Newcastle apart, as long as it's football. So, yeah, you, you know, I, it, it's that sort of attitude that's led us down this way. So I actually think that's although, not going to fly much longer. He's going to get questioned time yeah. and time and time again. And, and other managers, well, Pep Guardiola, I'm sure, will have to answer questions uh, about mm-hmm. the owners at Man City. Well, I, 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 I think we should PSG. welcome. 
what we should welcome in, um more 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 politics in the right way um into football or, or an acknowledgement of, of of politics within football well i don't it's think not, it's not necessarily that. politics it's more just human rights really isn't it but anyway and a yeah. bit of common sense please absolutely yeah yeah i think we'll leave it there for tonight lads thanks what, as a, ever what a company. depressing note to end on i know i know it's <laughs> well, uh, quite hopeful i'm hopeful I, I mean, me too, to an extent, but let's go. Well, it's Wait till next week. It's 12 years. Signed by a Saudi. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we'll it's see, just yeah. do, you trust the, do you trust the people running the game, you know, that have made these decisions and, and allowed these people into the game? Do you trust them to get the house in order? Uh, I don't, if I'm being quite honest with you, but time will win the argument. Um, we'll see. Thanks as, thanks as ever, guys. Uh, Thank thanks you. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. We'll catch you all on the next one next week. Cheers.